0: back to the cook it real good podcast i'm your host cassie hilbron this week's episode is all about baking i chat with v from v the baker who shares all of her advice for baking beginners we discuss what tools every baker should have the ingredients to have on hand that will get you baking a whole host of things and also v shares some of her favorite beginner recipes oh and probably the most fun part how to rescue baking flops Don't throw out anything, V has some awesome ideas. This week's recipe of the week is my chocolate chunk shortbread cookies. Some say shortbread cookies are only for the holidays, but uh, not me. Okay, you you can definitely make them around the holidays, but why not make some now too? These cookies are super simple to make, but oh so delicious. Grab that recipe as well as all the links we discuss in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com slash 56. Now, let's dive in. Hi, V. Welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Hi, Cassie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Doing sweet. Thanks for having me on. I'm so happy to have you here. Before we kick off today's chat, can I get your signature dish, the one that everyone says, V, you have to bring this? (laughs)
1: My signature dish, long side there, because I do a lot of dishes well. Um, but you said dish, so that leads me to not think dessert. Oh, you can say um, dessert, <laughs> <laughs> but i I would pro- I would more than likely say my signature dish is going to be collard greens. Oh yeah. Um, but if it was dessert, I'm always known to have a seven-up pound cake on hand. Um, so, like, even if my friends were to come to my place and want something sweet, like, I always have a seven-up pound cake in the freezer. So it's probably interchangeable between those two.
0: Oh, and what's your secret with colored greens? Can you share your secret?
1: <laughs> I've, it's all about seasoning. Um, I've been asked this before, and I've not done, like, a blog post on it, And I I don't necessarily know if I do anything different than what other people do. Um, But I do boil them um, in seasoning. I've really removed a lot of the fat, um, so I don't always add meat to it. But I think it's just really the seasoning that I do. So maybe I should do a blog post on that. I'm thinking, you got me thinking I should do a blog post on it. I think you definitely should.
0: <laughs> so v, can you tell me, how did you get into baking?
1: It is in my blood. <laughs> so I started baking, ironically, I did not start baking, I will say, until I got to college. Now, growing up, my mother was a baker, my grandmother was a baker, so I was always in the kitchen with them, many times um, when my mother was single mother at the time, I would sit in the kitchen while she would bake cookies during the week to take out and sell on the weekends around town um, and just leave like, my homework to her and things like that. So I, I really got acclimated to the kitchen at that time. And I would always be standing next to the bowl when waiting for her to get done so that I could eat like the dough, you know, just the raw cookie dough. Um, so that's like my first experience really with baking. But as far as just really baking on my own, I did not bake my first thing until I got to college. And that happened because I started missing the food that I had at home, Um and we always had something sweet in the house, and so in order to get something sweet, you gotta bake something sweet.
0: So. <laughs> I love that, but yeah, I can't believe that you didn't try your hand at it until college. Wow,
1: I didn't really have to. Like I said, we my mother always made sure we had something sweet, so it I don't it just wasn't ever a first thought to me to. Get in there and actually do the baking. And so was your mom's signature dish the cookies? Well, she did cookies. We always had a pound cake. So I am my mother's daughter. (laughs) Um, We always had a pound cake from week to week. Um, My mother comes from a large family. So anytime they would stop through for dinner or want something to eat, or if they were just visiting, you know, we always had cake and you could have coffee or, you know, ice cream. We always had cake and ice cream. Yeah. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. This sounds like my dream (laughs) childhood. My mom can't bake anything. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she can. Even if it's taking it out the package because all you have to do is put it in the oven. That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that was another way until I was old. <laughs> no, did everyone not just make cakes from the books? <laughs>
1: you know, I think however you have to get your something sweet fix, that's how you have to get it.
0: So, yeah, that's, that's very encouraging. Nothing I, wrong with that. <laughs> it is like how most of us get our start, like when we are younger, in understanding, I guess, baking and what happens because it's uh, probably the easiest way to start, yes, but you kind of start to get to know like the reaction you're looking for when you're making things, like adding liquid to the to the um dry ingredients and then baking how long you can do it in the oven I think we've probably all burnt a packet cake before Mm -hmm. it is you're right it's good to to test it out and uh, there's nothing there's no shame in my game that's fine that's how I grew up (laughs) as long as you're getting something sweet Uh, that's that's what I say (laughs) so I do have a lot of people talk to me about how, I guess, kind of like my mom, they're they're hopeless bakers or they can't bake or they don't, they want to bake, but they don't feel like they really know how to. So I really do like to have bakers on the podcast to talk about, you know, a few things that can help people sort of boost their confidence in the kitchen when it comes to baking. I think that baking is probably a little bit different to throwing together, say, like a, a soup or, um, you know, a quick stir fry, where, you know, if you th- throw in a few things, you should get an okay meal, whereas sometimes we can get some real flops in baking. <laughs> um, so today I thought that we could focus on pretty much a baking for beginners. So even if people have maybe done the packet cakes or things before, but haven't really gotten that far into it, maybe we could try and talk to where to start, like how, how to start boosting your confidence and getting it right.
1: Sure. Yeah, we
0: can do that. So let's, I thought might we might start off with, what are some essential tools that you think people need for baking? Because I think that it can be, Um, you go to the baking aisle and there's like piping bags and, and 20 different pans you can have, but obviously you don't need all of those things to start. So what would V suggest be, these are the essentials that you should have in your kitchen?
1: That's a really good question, Cassie. Um, I think sometimes people may think that they have to have the most fanciest tools to, to put together something that's really good. Um, And that isn't always the case. Those things are nice to have, but uh, when you're getting your feet wet and you know trying to learn and get into the groove of, of getting you a little something sweet, I, I truly believe it, that you need to use what you have on hand and that those, you know, those essential tools could be something as simple as um, a fork for whisking instead of if you don't have an actual whisk, right? Um, using a hand mixer, or if you have a whisk, get that arm exercise in because you're going <laughs> to actually, you know, eat the sweets. And, you know, some people are like, well, I got to offset the calories. Get your hand, get the whisk and get to hand whisking um, the batter. But if you have a hand mixer, use that instead of a stand mixer. Um, Baking can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, And so the essential tools, like I said, so we were saying the fork, um, a hand mixer, of course you need measuring spoons um, and measuring cups. And also I would say a large mixing bowl. That's I think enough to get you started. A sifter is a good plus to get you started as well. Um, So I think, those are the things I would say to start out with. All the other things, like you mentioned um, briefly, like the piping bag or having a spatula, they're they're good to have. But if you don't have those things already on hand, you that doesn't stop you from making you something sweet or, you know, a dessert or get in the kitchen and start baking. Um, so, yeah. I really
0: love that. I, I love that you know, we don't have to buy hundreds and hundreds of dollars of gear just to get started. And you can start with where you're at and there's ways to get around things. If you don't have the exact thing, you can try something else. Right. There's something that you just said there that, that I want to ask you about, <laughs> and this is off topic, but <laughs> when when you talk about a sifter, do you always sift your flour? <laughs>
1: I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> I will say nine times out of 10, I am sifting my flour, especially if I am making a cake. Wow. Okay. Yeah, good to know. Now there are, um, I pause there. So there are um, few instances where I may not sift the flour. Um, you know, if you're using cake flour, doesn't really require that you that you sift the flour, but nine times out of ten, if I'm using all-purpose flour for a cake, I am going to sift my flour.
0: It's one of these things I've been curious about because, yeah, I, I sometimes do it and I sometimes don't, and I don't really have a rhyme or reason for why I do or do <laughs>
1: Do you notice a difference when you, between the two, like when you make something and you don't sift as opposed to when you do sift? It depends. In some things I feel like they, uh, I don't
0: know. I don't know if the word's denser, but that's probably what I'm thinking of. Uh, um, but yeah, like there's some things where I think it's also, um, like I use my sifter if I find something particularly lumpy, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I've never um really thought one way or the other. And I know some recipes say to to do it and it's it's not like a cover all. It doesn't mean like every time you make a chocolate cake you have to sift it or something. But I just know that's like you I've made recipes where it says to sift the flour and some don't. So I was just curious if bakers do. <laughs>
1: When you described your first initial um, description was dense, and I would have to agree with you that there are instances where um, I have made a cake and not sift the flour. And I too do notice that it tends to many times come out denser than it would if I were to sift it. So I not really a dense cake eater. That's not my preference. Um, so I, mm. I do like to sift and, I, and and that's another thing. like baking is about your preference. you know what is it that you like? Um, and that's what you I've, I think you would want to share or anyone would want to share with their friends, their family or or anyone else. Um, so if you don't like it dense, probably use the sifter if you don't mind it being dense hey, chunk that sifter to the side and keep going.
0: I like that. And it, that is the experiment, I guess, of baking as well. Is like may, maybe one time try it without sifting and then try it again with sifting next time and see what the difference is. It is crazy how like something small can make a, make a considerable difference. Yeah. So what are some essential ingredients that people should have on hand? Like I, I know in my pantry, I have probably enough things to whip up most (laughs) simple baking treats, but, um, yeah, I guess it's, I'm curious to know what, um, is best to keep on hand if you're starting out.
1: Um, so, you know, again, we're, we're talking to V the baker, so it's, it's a preference, but you need flour of some sort. (laughs) Good
0: place to start. Whatever
1: whatever that flour may be, whether it's all-purpose flour, almond flour, some gluten-free flour, some whole wheat flour, you need flour. Um, I'm a butter girl, so you need butter. Lots of butter. I I keep butter on hand. I use butter in my food as well, so butter. Um, Sugar. I know that there are you know, different diets out there. Some people don't use sugar, but whatever that sweetener is, but sugar, you need sugar. You got to have sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would say, and I I say this loosely, but I I would say milk. Um, But if it's not milk, dairy of some sort. Dairy does something, and and we will get into this, I think, as we talk more, but having a dairy component in your um, your, your dessert just helps it. It it helps the overall texture. It helps the, the flavor, the moistness of the cake. If it's a cake per per se, it could be brownies or, you know, cookies, cookies, you probably want to put an egg in there. Um, so of course that leads me to the next one. You need eggs. Mm -hmm. And, um, Baking soda, baking powder. Some people would consider them interchangeable. However, I don't. Um, I do like to have both of them on hand. And I would say that if you're going to take a chance at baking and kind of stick to it, you would want to keep both of them. Baking soda, baking sodium, um, and baking powder. Those are the basics. Flavor, you can have a wide array of flavor. (laughs) Definitely. so, you know, flavors, vanilla, lemon, what are your favorites that you like to have? Um, but I, I always, for, for me in my house, we always keep vanilla and um, some lemon on hand. Mm, um, what about chocolate? <laughs> so, I, you're probably going <laughs> to frown at me for saying this. Don't tell me you don't like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> not that i don't like chocolate i am not a big chocolate eater um if if you look at the desserts that i post many times unless i'm making something making um a dessert for as an order for the bake shop so for a customer um out the gate my first inkling is not to bake something chocolate um so it's kind of like people are probably gasping <laughs> um, at that, but you do want chocolate if you're a chocolate eater. You know, I'm chocolate's not my favorite go-to, so um, I would have to go to the store for chocolate. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Like, we're all different, aren't
1: we? I know people are like, probably. I mean, you're probably like, are you kidding me? Like, no, no, like no, <laughs> there's plenty of other things you <laughs>
0: than just chocolate.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna probably regret saying that later, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> the chocolate hate mail. <laughs> I swear, people aren't that passionate about it. <laughs>
1: Maybe I'll find some people who are like me and they're like, I like it, but I don't have to have it. You
0: might. (laughs) Some people will be like, I like desserts, but I don't want them to always be chocolate because I think that is generally a default as well. So I think it probably would be refreshing for people to think like, there are other things that you can have.
1: Other than chocolate.
0: Other than chocolate. Who would believe it? (laughs) (laughs)
1: So with those ingredients,
0: are there okay, how do I, how do I word this delicately? I don't think there is such a thing. Is, are there some that you could cheap out on and, you know, buy like just the cheapest one or are there ones that
1: you think are worth splurging on? So that's a, that's another really good question. Um, I will say that when starting out, because we're, yeah I, you know, we're primarily talking about kind of like the beginning, beginning baker here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that starting out, you could get away with using either, you know, some store generic brands because you're not spending as much money, you know, again, you, you want to find your groove, um, but once you get into your groove there, some of the things that... Are kind of an automatic for me and, and really can make or break your dessert, your, your something sweet is flavor. Um, so you want to invest in good flavor. Um, and so, you know, that means probably buying that 10, $12 bottle of vanilla, as opposed to buying the $2 vanilla, you know, um, <laughs> So I I do think that flavor um, or extracts, you want to invest in those. Um, And when you buy sometimes, many times I will say, when you buy the premium brands, you don't have to use as much. So it should last longer, you know, on your shelf um, as opposed to, you know, probably if you're using something that doesn't cost as much, you might be adding it a little more because it's not as potent, mm-hmm. so to speak.
0: I was just thinking as well, like I think we tend to think of things like that, go, oh, when you see it on the shelf, it's expensive, probably more than we want to pay for. But when you think about like what one bottle of vanilla can make you in terms of the baked goods and then how much you pay for just like <sighs> a bake good at a bakery or the supermarket right. or whatever it is, that's you're still getting very good value for money.
1: <laughs> that's a good, that's a good comparison. You are totally right.
0: I am. Um, I do like to ask that question though, because I, I mean, I like to be a bit frugal when it comes to my grocery shopping and cut as much as I can where, where right. it doesn't matter, where it doesn't matter because that's all money in the bank. So yeah, I like to know what are the things that are worth, you know, spending a little bit more on, but what are the things that we can get away with? Yeah. the The generic brand or whatever it is, whatever's on sale.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely sale. Like you know, especially if I'm trying something new for the first time. Um, sometimes if I'm using someone else's recipe and they may specify like a specific brand. Um, and if I go in the store and I see that, you know, the item next to it is the same and it's cheaper and because it's on sale, I'm going to probably grab that one just because I'm trying something out. And I, I think, you know, we, I, we keep hitting on the, Um, You know, don't be afraid to try something new um, and use what you have. I think that's probably from discussions that I have with, um, you know, friends and other people who talk about baking and they're kind of apprehensive about baking tools. They may not have the right ingredients or they may not have exactly what I have, but it doesn't mean that they can't buy something that's less expensive and still get it done.
0: So true. All right. Well, now that we've got our tools and our ingredients, let's start talking about what we could actually make. What are some good beginner's recipes? If you have them on the blog, great. Um, we can link to those, but yeah. Where should someone start if they haven't really been baking before?
1: I have not. So let me, I guess I should back up and say like be the Baker, as far as the my blog started as a spinoff from my bake shop. So there's not many dessert recipes on the blog currently because a lot of people wanted to know, well, what do you eat outside of desserts? Because V the Baker um, actually runs a bake shop. Mm. (laughs) So I never really started posting a lot of desserts initially because that's, that was my bread and butter. Um, so I'm kind of moving it, transitioning into that, especially now that we're home more, because um, I want people to now have something sweet and enjoy something sweet the same way I would at home. Um, but I will say that the, one of the first recipes that I've shared um, is the 7-Up Pound Cake. And that, I once you perfect that, I, I will bet my money on you that you could probably, you will nail any other dessert that you make. Because while it's a simple cake, baking is about technique and chemistry, you know, making sure you're using room temperature ingredients. So really following, you know, the the tips and tricks that I've shared in that blog post, um, or in that recipe post, rather, to really hone in on how to maneuver through the kitchen to get you that dessert. Um, so, even if it's not a pound cake, many people kind of snare their nose up, maybe sometimes at bunt cakes because their bunt cake may stick to the pan. Again, technique. So, if you master a bunt cake of some sort, that's a a simple recipe, right? Not something that's complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a really good start. You know, cookies, cookies are super easy. It is, I think, very, 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 very difficult to mess up a cookie. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, I think a cookie is about texture, some people like a cookie that's crunchy. Some people like a cookie that's chewy. Some people like a cookie that's a little doughy. But it's very hard to mess up a cookie. That's so um, true. You just, you're
0: just getting, <laughs> you might you might not get the texture you were aiming for, but you'll still get an edible cookie.
1: <laughs> you'll get an edible cookie, and the flavor may be there. But if you don't like crunchy, it could that doesn't mean that it doesn't taste good. You yes. know. Um, so it's it's hard to mess up a cookie. Cookies are the easiest thing probably you should do before trying to do a bundt cake. Um, and again, I wouldn't make the cookie difficult. Something simple. A shortbread cookie. A chocolate chip cookie. Once you master a chocolate chip cookie the way you want, add some nuts in there. Add some, you know, some sort of fruit component in there. Jazz it up. Make it. What you, what you like, play with those flavors and, and just get creative. Um, pies, r- surprisingly, people may think that pies are difficult. I don't think pies are difficult at all. They're probably even more easy, more simple to make than cake. If you're, you know, want to work on making a pie crust, practice making the pie crust, but you can easily go buy a frozen pie crust at your local store or market, um, you know, they usually already come in a pan, that filling that you want. Um, pies are super simple. Pecan pie. That's very, that's minimal ingredients. Um, a chess pie, a buttermilk pie, minimal ingredients. Um, so those are simple. Those are easy to, to get started um, and find your groove. I love those ideas. And I I love what you said about the cookies, like
0: start basic and just start building on it. And you can just keep adding little different things until you get the right mix. That's your like signature cookie then. So I like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And you sort of talked about my next point. Hinted at it when you talked about the bundt cake and how it can stick to a pan. Um, so let's talk about baking flops. So you you have a result that maybe wasn't exactly what you wanted. Be it that it stuck to the pan, or maybe like with what you said before about if your cookies are still like they're edible, but they they had a different texture than what you wanted, or um, you have like a, a really dense cake that you really weren't aiming for. What are some ways that we can like rescue those and still make them edible?
1: <clears throat> well, not edible, delicious. <laughs> we can make them both. You know, one one may supersede the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. depending on how bad the flop is, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, as we, you and I, um, have. Interacted and communicated and exchanged um, conversation on Instagram. I don't throw my flops away. And when I say flops, you know, they don't come out the way that I was hoping that they would come out. Um, so I don't throw them away. I typically wrap them really tight and I freeze them for a rainy day when I want to get creative. Um, and so I'll, when I'm feeling experimental or, like I said, creative, then I'll. Take, take out that usually mine is a cake, sometimes it may be cookies, but mostly mine's are cake. my, my, my flops tend to be cake. but deconstruct it, slice that cake up, um, and then some I'll just really give you like some ideas that I um, have even shared with my audience um, and my readers. So if you chop up like some cake, toast that those the cake chunks. And make a parfait with it or um, add it as a base for an ice cream sundae. Um, Right now, we're in summer. It's hot. You're not in summer exactly right now, but. (laughs) It's
0: still hot, so that's all right. It's still. So, yeah, if it's
1: (laughs) hot, eat ice cream. That's that's like my thing. Um, But use that as a base for an ice cream sundae. Um, I even have, I know sometimes because I do have a sweet tooth, I will take those cake chunks or even like cookie crumbles. And once I've toasted them, I will add them onto a salad instead of adding, um, dressing and like candied pecans or some cranberry, dried cranberries to my salad. Um, just, you know, I, play with my food to see what I like. But I think it's it's really important. Like you can, like I said, make parfaits, make a shortbread, make um, strawberry shortcake. Doesn't have to necessarily be like an angel sponge cake for you to have a strawberry shortcake. Get creative with it.
0: I love your ideas. I, I think like one that I saw that I thought was so cool was the French toast cake that you made out of the pound uh, cake. That was so I didn't so say that
1: one. <laughs> I say that one? So yes, anytime something is for me when it's dense. So if I make a cake and the cake comes out dense, I will 10 times out of 10 use parts of that cake to make French toast with. Mm, yeah. That just
0: sounds like the best French toast ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you're going to add vanilla. You're going to add a little, you know, you're going to get it a little caramelized when you're flipping it over in the skillet and you might top it with some syrup. You're going to sprinkle a little powder sugar on it. So why not make it into French toast?
0: Mm, I do love those ideas. And, and you're right about the parfaits or adding ice cream. Um Those things are going to add moisture if you have a dense or dry cake. Um, That's a really great idea as well. If if it's sticking to the pan, well, who cares what it looks like on the plate now that you've made it into something else?
1: (laughs) Right. And then once you deconstruct it, I mean, it's essentially like like it's not, not even a cake anymore. It's cake bits or cake, you know, chunks or cake slices. So no one really knows that it did stick to the pan. It definitely goes to like, um,
0: one of my big things this year has been like limiting food waste as much as possible. And I like that. That's encouraging people that even if it didn't turn out exactly like you want, don't throw it away. Don't give up. Try and try and make it something different. Mm-hmm.
1: Most definitely that, that I think is, where you really get to experiment, play with your food, you know, we're now adults. And I know growing up for me, like we were, I was often told like, don't play with your food. If you play with your food, you had to sit at the table longer. Hey, throw those rules out the window, play with your food and have fun with it. I think that's really what cooking and baking is about. Um, So that you will do it more often. If you look at it as if it's a chore, then, you know, you're going to be less inclined to want to do it. And so when you see other people having fun with it, just know that you can do the same thing. And hey, use those. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm just rambling now. Yes.
0: No, no, no. I've, I've seen <laughs> not even just desserts, but I know I've seen like on Instagram, you share these really creative dinners that you're making. And I, I love it because it, it's kind of like a mystery box challenge. I don't know if you guys have like that on MasterChef over there or something, or like maybe like chopped. That's what I'm thinking of. It's like, you've got like these yes. four or five different ingredients. Some are like, you know, maybe leftovers and you've got to fashion them into a meal. What are you going to do? I love those kind of dinners. So I love looking at your inspiration because I'm like, I would never think to do that. But now (laughs) I'm curious to
1: try. (laughs) Just try like, and then you'll stand back and you'll be like, I did that. Mm -hmm. You can call me a chef, you know, (laughs) like I did that.
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. (laughs) Now, is there any other sort of little tips or tricks you want to give someone if they're just starting out that you think they really need to, to know before they start trying to make that cake or make those cookies
1: use room temperature ingredients so let me say this again Mm -hmm. when you're starting out making a cake um, more so than cookies use room temperature ingredients That is very important. Um, Baking is about chemistry, unless the recipe tells you to use something cold straight out the refrigerator. um, Use room temperature ingredients. I have to keep saying that because sometimes I think people don't know what room temperature means. Um, Room temperature, keep it, it should not be melting, it should not be hot. And it should not be so cold that when you, like if it's butter, you should be able to mash it a little bit, you know, and it still hold its shape. Um, I think it's also important that when you're starting out, and my mother always harps on me about this, even to this day, Well, she used to, and like I said, to this day, um, follow the recipe that you're looking at. Yes. I think we can all laugh at that because how many times have we looked at a recipe, we say, yes, we're going to make this, we've never made it before, but then as you're going along, you're like, "Um, I'm going to do this, and it says, you know, like, do something completely different, for the first time that you're making something, it's, it is important to follow the recipe because obviously that person wrote the recipe, I think, for a reason, a specific reason to do it in the specific order, the way that they said for it to come out and you get the same end results. Um so that is important when you're starting out. Then once you get your groove, we keep talking about this whole baking groove thing. You know, you know how to maneuver through the kitchen, and you you jazz it, and you got it going on. Then you can do your own thing.
0: <laughs> um, I like it, but huh? I'm trying to think of like what my soundtrack's going to be. <laughs>
1: Well, I was listening to one of your other um, episodes, like a previous episode, and you actually mentioned that you do listen to podcasts really while you're while you're in the kitchen mostly. I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you might actually be like listening to a podcast, but don't let your don't let the story captivate you that you're not paying attention to what you're doing, you know? I remember that. <laughs> You know, to get back on your question, like, what are some tips and tricks? You know, I say sift the flour because for me, sifting the flour, just I want my dessert moist. I'm not a dense dessert person. Mm-hmm. Um, so sift the flour. Um, I, many of my recipes will tell you to sift the flour. Um, and then those really are the three. You know, if not, if you're not going to sift the flour, then at least adhere to the first two room temperature ingredients and what was the second follow the recipe, follow the
0: recipe. I do like that one. I think, uh, if only we could all get it tattooed on us, (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> many times have you had someone be like, this recipe didn't work out. Oh, okay. What did you do? Oh, I made, I, I didn't use eggs. I used egg replacement and I didn't use the flour you had. I used like <laughs> spelt. Right. And so
1: then you're like, did I give instructions or tips on using egg replacement for this specific recipe? But you know, hey, and when you know what you know, then you can do what you do. That That's, you know, so. If you want to flop, then you find a way to make that flop a happy flop and turn around and use it for something else, you know.
0: Oh, definitely like you can always experiment but definitely don't blame the person whose recipe it was when you don't make their <laughs> right, recipe.
1: right 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 like, do I have to come stand in the kitchen with you we can do this together <laughs> now you've spoken a few times about your bake
0: shop tell us tell us more about your bake shop
1: So Fee's Bake Shop, and that's V with two E's because my mother's name starts with a V as well. Um, So it's Fee's Bake Shop. And I started my bake shop in 2015 um, while I was working at a company here in Dallas. Um, I started taking a lot of desserts to work because I'm a single lady and we're not leaving these desserts at home. (laughs) <laughs> for duration of time. And so I would share them with my coworkers. And then like the following holiday season, people started giving me orders. And I was like, I'm I, I'm not taking orders. And they were like, no, that cake that you brought the other day, like two months ago or the other day, I need that cake for Thanksgiving or I need that cake for Christmas. And so it just kind of launched from there. And that was in twenty. 20- That was 2014 holiday season. By 2015, um, I had just become a bake shop. And so I do... A lot of maybe, you know, like your classic desserts with a modern twist to them um, using local ingredients here in the Dallas area. I do service primarily the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, and they're custom orders. So you call, let me know what you want. I have a menu on my website, feedthebaker.com, and we just kind of go from there. Every now and then, I do pop-ups around town. Um so, and that's more so for people who don't, maybe not want like a whole cake or a lot of cookies, like a dozen of cookies. They may just want like two or three cookies. Um, so then it's, they're able to to purchase desserts in a smaller, a smaller batch um, for themselves. And so that's usually what my pop-ups are. Um, so I'm excited, hopefully, that I can be doing those again soon because I'm yeah. just at home, you know.
0: I love that i um yeah i I can already picture those people like, yeah give me those cakes, but but isn't that cool like when when a, a business opportunity becomes like it kind of falls on your lap because you have the customers already there going, we want this and it can grow right. from there. And the word of mouth, I'm sure is fantastic. <laughs> Every time they took out to Thanksgiving, everyone was probably like, uh, how do I get this cake now?
1: <laughs> right. And, and that's really how my business, um, how the bake shop has grown and sustained is by word of mouth because I don't do a lot of marketing and I probably shouldn't say that. Um, but I I don't. I don't do a lot of marketing for it because it has been a word of mouth and it's been enough to sustain the business to last this long. Um, so I'm very thankful and appreciative to my customers and my clients and referrals and friends and family and everyone who has really helped V's Bake Shop um, evolve, you know, over the five years. So,
0: Yeah. Well, if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you definitely need to hit up V for your next special occasion or or
1: not a special occasion. Just need a cake, have a cake. (laughs) Yeah. Have a cake, need a cake. I got you. I got you something sweet.
0: (laughs) And if you aren't in the Dallas Fort Worth area, but you still want to follow V and find out all of her secret
1: tips and tricks,
0: where do they go to find you?
1: You can find me at VTheBaker.com. And again, that's V with two E's, TheBaker.com. And then that also leads out to my social media. Um, I also do encourage that if you are, you know, in the Dallas area, if you frequent the Dallas area, if you just want to stay abreast, again, of the bake shop um, happenings, sign up for my email list because that's really how I communicate pop-ups. Um... But other than that, in the meantime, I'm going to be sharing dessert recipes so that you can bake you something, a little something sweet while at home on your own. Oh, thank you so much, V. I've really
0: enjoyed our chat today, and I know that there's lots of good tips there for our bakers at home who want to give this a go. And I'm sure that a lot of people are now discovering you for the first time and will get to enjoy your Instagram like I am and all those secret tips.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Cassie. It has been a pleasure chatting with you. I have enjoyed it.
0: Me too. Thank you. such a blast chatting with V about baking. I love V's insistence that we all deserve a little something sweet in our day. And I definitely try to adhere to that almost every day. <laughs> to get all the links we discussed in today's episode, head to cookitrealgood.com slash 56. Well, that's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.